because we really yeah. do enjoy being here. We have some great people that work for us. We have some great people in this community. We have some loyal customers, and we love it. We yeah. really because I've owned a bar before, and this is way different than right. owning a bar. <laughs> Welcome to Tap That AZ, the show where you get to meet the awesome people behind the best craft beverages across the state of Arizona. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, I sit down with Jacob and Laura Hansen, owners of Saddle Mountain Brewing Company in Goodyear. We talk about the challenges they had of being the first brewery in Goodyear and the awesome city council member who helped them make their dream happen. They even named a beer after him. So grab a drink. Let's tap into Saddle Mountain Brewing Company. So I'm with Lauren Jacob from Saddle Mountain Brewing Company. They gave me a pretty awesome um, koozie. It actually says awesome on it. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thanks for joining me. This is really great. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm no excited. Problem. Thanks for having, having us. Here. Yeah, so you guys have you guys have been pretty successful in business before this, right? I think I read an article where you guys owned a whole town pretty much. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. Back yeah. a while ago, but yeah, we did. We own um, the, the commercial aspects or most of the commercial aspects of the town of Wintersburg. Um, my parents helped with that. It's not like it was a sole endeavor. It was more of a family okay. endeavor, um, which Winters, Wintersburg is right out there by um, Palo Verde Nuclear Generating Station. So uh, gotcha. okay. that's, we, there was a little general store and an RV park. And then when my parents bought those portions of it, um, I was a school teacher. Jacob was working for Pierce Aviation okay. and um, we decided, or I decided to stop what I was doing and, and uh, help my parents with that. And in doing so, we grew the businesses to own um, a used car dealership, a beauty salon, and then a bar and grill that uh, existed okay. as a bar, but burnt down. And so we re we purchased it at that point and redid it. Okay. Um, so it still exists now. It's Tin Top Bar and Grill out there in the middle of nowhere. And um, but we sold all of those aspects in 2006. Okay. Okay. And, and then and so how did you decide to? So you own a bar and restaurant. How did uh -huh. you decide? Hey, let's make beer. <laughs> right. Well, Jacob um, was not into craft beer at the time, but 18, 19 years ago, on a fluke, did my parents buy you a Mr. Beer for a gift-giving day? Yeah, it was or... like a, either a birthday or, or a Father's Day thing, and they bought one of those simple little Mr. Beer kits, and that was the first. And it turned out terrible, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> what do you like doing it? Right. kind of get into the science of it and, and the process, and, and from there on out, I just started doing a lot more homebrewing, partial yeah. mash homebrewing. Well, I went like up that, to... Tagging. I found that they had um, Wadelja up on Bell Road, okay, Chuck, yeah. that owns it, great guy. Yeah. So I think it was Father's Day maybe the next year, I went up there and said, my husband really liked this Mr. Beer kit, and he doesn't understand you know, the recipe involvement now. What do you have that's better than a Mr. Beer, but not quite, I totally know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so he sold me, I think, the, an amber or a red or something like that. And I took that home and gave it to him as a gift and bought the bottles and bought the, you know, all that stuff that goes with it. And so um, he did that for a little while. And then a gift yeah, no, three I, years later, I think I bought him corny kegs, you know, like the little kegs that you got from Soda Pop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like yeah. those, like. The cylindrical, you know, they. Oh, yeah, right over there. Yeah, like yeah. those. Yep. I bought okay. him those because his beer kept blowing up in our closet. And I'm like. <laughs> Okay, that's no fun. And it just got a lot easier to not bottle it. Yeah, and, and it's 
Chuck, over the years, I learned most all of what I knew about homebrewing from Chuck and from a couple of books. Um, oh, okay. But Chuck was really good on my education. He always had great advice, and he was always happy to give you his advice. So, yeah. <laughs> um, he, he was really instrumental in a lot of the brewing I did at home and a lot of the success of, of uh, homebrewing. This is the what ails you? Uh, the guy, owner of right? what ails yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah, he's he's... He, and to this day, he is so happy for us. He actually lives, he has a business up on Bell Road, but he lives in Litchfield area. So, mm. so we get to see him every once in a while. And, and he's a good guy. He really is. So, yeah. But then, so that was kind of Jacob's beginning of the love of homebrewing, right? right. And so um, he'd been homebrewing this whole time and he would, you know, come up with new recipes. And he finally got confident enough to go out on his own and just buy the ingredients and not have somebody else determine what they were going to be. Like a pre-packaged. Exactly. Kind of you know, right, yeah. so, and uh, my house stunk. Like I had, <laughs> in the beginning, I did not like the way it smelled in the house. Yeah. Now I'm, now it smells like, you know, glorious yeah. revenue. So I'm like, yay. <laughs> but, um, uh, but he got better and better and better. And then in 2006, when we sold the little town, um, we carried the note. So they were making payments to us, but in 2011, they paid us off. Oh, so okay. we had this, what are we going to do with this money? Where, where are we going to invest it? How are we going to, you know, make something of it and not just piddle it away on stuff? Yeah. And so um, flippid like, one day we were coming home from Branson, uh, Missouri. We were on a big family vacation and we we're discussing, well, do we want to buy and sell houses? You know, the market had kind of crashed in 06, 07, you know, was, right. um, do we want to, what do we want to do with this money? And, and without thinking, I said, well, you like brewing beer. We could always open a brewery. And I literally said it like that. It yeah. was, I was not genuine. <laughs> I just kind of went across my mind yeah, yeah. and something stuck in his brain and he did not let it go. Uh, and I mean, he did not let it go. <laughs> and, you know, here we were, um, just thinking, you know, I've been retired for what, six years now or something and seven, yeah, six years now. And I didn't want to do another business at that time, but yeah. he really, it, you know, he you planted that seed. Well, and yeah. what was so nice <laughs> is when we had sold that town, my parents who were in their seventies had a very nice retirement uh, and he, that stuck in his brain too. It's like, what can we do to better our retirement to, and maybe even have a legacy for our children. And, you know, because at the time the economy had taken a crash and everybody's investments looked like hell and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So well, and part of it was also at the time that I had a, a federal government job that was, I was very thankful to have the job, yeah. um, but it was not something that I was, that I just saw myself retiring from. Okay. So I was also looking for, okay, what's another step? What's, mm -hmm. what's something new that we could do um, to maybe it'll, you know, something fun to do maybe some good income from it and possibly you know growth potential enough to get us to get us to be independent from you know having the outside job with the federal government oh gotcha okay so yeah. i had a little extra motivation in in that sense right and i still didn't want to do it <laughs> still he had to convince me and it took a while and we just had our son our youngest who's now six okay um and i'm like I just got to be a stay-at-home mom. I owned that other town when the other two were little, you know. So <laughs> yeah. um, now I, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And I told him, I said, when Grayson is five, I'll consider it. Well, we opened this when Grayson was not quite three, right? He was four yeah. and a half. Was he four? Is it that old, really? <laughs> I feel really old. But, um, you know, so we he kept looking and, and bought some equipment for the house to, to better batch some beers and, and kind of finite some recipes and um 
I guess at one point in time we he wanted to go look at buildings. And so we did, and I said, I'll, in, you know, I'll indulge you, let's go look at buildings. And then yeah. we found this building, and it just, it was for sale, not for lease. And okay. we'd seen so many others for lease, and um, maybe ones that were better to move in. But to make a brewery, you're going to have to retrofit something anyhow. It's not like there's just, oh, here's this old brewery for sale. <laughs> right. You want to buy that and just, it's turnkey. You know, yeah. that doesn't happen. Yeah. So, um, and the fact that this one was for sale was <clears throat> appealing to me. Because owning the whole town and sell, and the businesses, I knew that that was a beneficial concept to, to own what you work at uh, instead of just leasing what you work at. Because you can sell a business, but the reality is people want the whole lock, stock, and barrel. They want right. to buy the whole thing. So, um, so it was appealing to buy a building versus leasing a building. And so all the places we looked at was just incredibly expensive. I was shocked. Really? And for the square footage to do something you want to do, what their numbers were. Yeah. yeah, it was just, it was crazy. So um, after we saw this building, Jacob went to the city of Goodyear just to ask, uh -huh. what are your policies on microbreweries? Yeah. And Lowell, he found out they didn't have very many. Yeah. I mean, they were very restrictive. Microbreweries were okay. So, or nano, sorry, nano breweries what were is okay. Nano? So nano is much smaller? Much yeah, so smaller. What they had is they had one definition in their planning and zone, zoning definitions. And basically what it was, was a two or three line definition that stated that a brewery could only take up 25% of the total square footage leased or occupied by the brewery. Ah. Um, and then there was no outside sales allowed. And so, I mean, so if you think about that legally, you can't do growler sales, you can't do keg sales. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can't have your beers on tap other places. No, things like you can do anything. Correct. So, yeah. my, my response to that was well, the guy's name was Steve. And I said, Steve, we've got to fix that. <laughs> and Steve's surprising and very welcoming response was, well, what do you think we ought to put in there? Yeah, what he was the head of say? planning and zoning for the city of Goodyear. Oh, okay. So, he yeah. was down. He was just like, yeah, and they were, you know, Goodyear was wanting to bring in more businesses. They were wanting yeah. to make it, you know, more business friendly. And, and so I wrote a set of recommendations basically based off the state okay. um, guidelines for the state liquor laws for distances, things like that. Um, and uh, they went through it with their legal department and kind of came up with the final. Because what they were wanting to do is they were wanting to protect their commercial areas. They were wanting to protect their residential areas, protect their commercial areas. They've got different layers of commercial zoning. One okay. is industrial, one is more, you know, light like the storefront, what you see. Front, yeah. okay. So they were wanting to make sure that their light commercial wasn't <laughs> turning into factories, things like that. So they wrote a real good set of uh, guidelines as far as, there's still there's still a size and scope to this building, and the size and scope is is plenty for, for the size of building we have. So okay. it's not really restrictive anymore. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. So but, there's still limitations. But, right. Yeah. But Jacob worked with Steve and their lawyers for almost nine months. And the whole time he's working with him to make it so we can possibly get this building, this building is on hold. Uh -huh. We've put our, you know, um, put our down on it and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. Not even and, knowing if it's going to be right. You're just fingers crossed. We're fingers crossed <laughs> that it's yeah. good. Right. And so um, I think the last day of the week before they were sending it off to mayor lord and the city council um steve calls jacob and i in and says come and look at what the lawyers wrote and make sure it's what you guys are wanting but what would be beneficial for goodyear you know and right. make sure it's in line with the state standards and stuff like that because again city of goodyear had not dealt with a brewery yeah and so um so we go in over there and as we start through the um 
verbiage, we keep noticing this 500 foot rule that has to do with the sell of alcohol and live music. They linked them together. So the That's sell so of alcohol wow. and live music were not allowed within 500 feet of churches, schools, and in Goodyear, residential areas. Well, we are 378 feet off the corner uh, of this residential area. <laughs> so after nine months yeah. of going through all of this, we're worried about the brewing and the, the amount we're allowed to sell and where we can sell it and how to... Never once did it dawn on me to look at live music yeah. or even anything beyond 300 feet because... And, and never against residential areas, you know? Uh -huh. And so when we're just looking at this, we just were deflated because we're like, Steve... We're 378 feet off this right. If you go on Google Earth and do the little line, yeah. it tells you how many feet yeah. it is, you know, from the corner of our building to the side of that residential plot. And so, honestly, it was in that meeting that he took his red pen and scratched out the word 500 and wrote 300, a little 300 on top of all of them. And Jacob and I were like, well, that's nice of you. But again, it's just Steve doing that. Right. It's not the powers that be. <laughs> yeah. So we, we're like, okay, well, we'll see. And so Jacob and I walked out, and we're shaking our heads, and we're like, they're never going to pass that. They're going to yeah. change this specific guideline for us or for breweries, microbreweries, and industrial areas, or because yeah. it was all the verbiage in there. And we just didn't think it was going to happen, and we were going to have to come back and tell the bank, wait longer, because now we've got to get a variance, and if the variance passes, it's still a crapshoot and stuff and um so we went to the town council meeting where we were there and they asked jacob to stand up and you know all this kind nervous? of stuff no i had, I had actually prepared a presentation for him and it was actually planning and zoning first and then the city council okay. right that's okay. true and so but they pointed him out and they you know were all of the mayor lord and everybody seemed excited and there were several people on the town council that were just really excited to see this kind of growth in the neighborhood yeah. and lo and behold they passed it with nice. the 300 foot so, if you're wondering why this one is called 300 Foot Steve, oh, nice. It okay. is in appreciation of that concept. Because how awesome. often do you get I'm gonna try that one right a now. city employee, in <laughs> right, in honor of Steve, a city employee to be so good to work with? You know, and, and that's um, when we first brewed that, it was a that's free, fantastic. we considered it a freestyle. It okay. didn't fit any of the guidelines, but since then, what, two years ago? Yeah, a couple of years ago, JBF changed some of their guidelines. So that actually fits as an imperial it's red. It's an imperial red. Okay. But it, when we brewed it, it didn't fit anything. And we thought that was so appropriate to give kind of the rule-breaking beer to the rule-bending city council <laughs> yeah. or, or city employee. <laughs> That's awesome. you know. So we, you know, and, and truth be it, we wouldn't be here otherwise. I mean, yeah. maybe we'd be here because of a variance that we'd have to apply for every year. Yeah. Who wants to do that, you know? So, um, no, we're very appreciative to Steve. He comes in. He's so funny. He's not even a craft beer guy, but he's been starting. He's really trying to. And then to make the strongest, hoppiest, boldest beer we make <laughs> yeah. after him and for him to be a non-craft beer guy, he was like, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. He was lying. He didn't think it was good. <laughs> but now, but, but now he's yeah. right. But now he's, you know, I see him every once in a while out and about and stuff. And he, him and his um, wife and child come in here and they they partake and we appreciate them so yeah that's he's awesome. trying he's really trying yeah. <laughs> it's great i think that there should be a rule that every community has to have a craft beer place within 300 feet yeah but um well that's so okay so things started moving started opening up so how did you decide because this place is beautiful like the Thank design you. inside i love the theme so how did you guys come up with the name number one and the theme <laughs> 
Do you want to take this? I would not name it that concept. So the name, the name Saddle Mountain Brewing Company, wasn't actually the first choice we had, but okay. wasn't the twenty fifth you know, choice. It, it, we was, had. it was a time that that there was a lot of uh, breweries coming up across the country. So we did a nationwide search for it because you want the potential to be able to grow nationwide. I don't know that you'll that we'll ever get there, but it's it's a we we don't want to start out on strike two on trying to do something like that. Yeah. So, you know, every name that we like, we searched. Somebody's got a brewery name after it. Yeah. We finally found Saddle Mountain is a mountain out toward Harquahala, about 30, 35 miles up. west here. And we okay. both grew out out that way. One so. of our first dates was in an airplane over that, in a tail wow. I took airplane. her flying out toward Saddle Mountain. That's right. <laughs> um, so Saddle Mountain Brewing Company is something that was not nationally used, so we decided to grab that as the name. The name Tail Dragger is the namesake for the beer. And tail Draggers are trademarked. Um, we do have that. We have the trademark on that, and that would be the more popular name that you would see on shelves if we, you know, are blessed enough to get to that point. Oh, and gotcha. had we started, we didn't think of the name Tail Dragger until a couple years into the research and development and the starting of the corporation, Saddle Mountain Brewing Company, right? Yeah. Well, if I could do it all again, would I do it a little <laughs> differently? Maybe, um, you know. And we definitely want Tail Dragger to be the name people recognize. Okay. Um, much like maybe Samuel Adams is recognized and people don't necessarily know it's Boston Brewing Company that does it. Their names oh, don't go together. I didn't realize that either. Okay, okay. so, um, you know, if we had to pick one that we could mimic that concept yeah. after the fact that we're trying to shove that, try to make you believe, <laughs> you know, um, it would be that kind of concept because maybe we should have been Tail Dragger Ale Works or Tail Dragger Brewing Company, but we'd already started and had been in it two years and had all the legal stuff done. And yeah. it's like, what do you do? Um, you know, so we're just going with it. It's, it's cool though. It, yeah. I like it. It's it's different. I don't think anyone else is really doing that. Like it's like Mother Road Brewing Company uh -huh. beer, right? Yeah. Mother Road Brewing Company. I like that this is like your, your craft beer line. Line, yeah. yeah. So, and hopefully people will start to understand and, and you know, it's aviation um, themed yeah. kind of stuff and and there's a reason for that you know we um, Jacob's a pilot and we wanted to give back to the military and what a better way what a better look than Rosie the Riveter and vintage World War II airplanes and yeah. these beasts of um, bombers and and steermen and all that kind of stuff I mean that just speaks to us personally so if you look out in my brewery it's like an old vintage I don't know place where you know the pipes are going through the walls and yeah and maybe well and to to back up for anybody that's listening that may not know what tail dragger means tail dragger refers to the airplanes vintage airplanes older airplanes that have a tail wheel on the back of the airplane oh uh, the ones that kind of sit yes. like, right main gear in the front and then a tail wheel on the back those okay. are you know more affectionately known as tail draggers okay and the name is really it's a tribute to the history of american aviation okay and, and because there's just been so many great milestones in aviation in the United States of America and just some of the most iconic, you know, visuals for aircraft is those old tail dragger airplanes. Yeah. World War One, World War Two trainers. Yeah. And you'll see on the walls in there there's some World War Two trainers on the on the walls. Just they're beautiful airplanes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you think of the biplane, like, the, what is the what is the red the red baron or something, right? Is that, that is the steerman. That's yeah, a steerman. That's a, oh, the steerman, okay. That's, that's the airplane he's trying to convince me to let him buy. <laughs> you don't hear that very much. <laughs> I just want to buy that airplane, please. Yeah. Well, when, when I met him, when I met him. We have a big him. mural of one in there yeah. on the wall. Yeah, which okay. actually is housed in Phoenix, right? That one's housed. Yeah, it's owned by the Commemorative, Commemorative Air Force over in uh, the Mesa Wing. Okay. It's the Arizona Wing in Mesa at Falcon Field. Yeah. Which a plug for them. If you haven't had a chance to get over there and see their um, museum, 
do that today because it, it is really nice. Falcon Field? Yeah, Falcon Field Airport. It's the Commemorative Air Force uh, Museum at Falcon Field Airport. Oh, gotcha. And they have okay. some beautiful aircraft out there. Nice. Beautiful aircraft. One Listen. of which is the one that's hanging on the wall out here. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Um, okay. And one of the main pilots there at the Commemorative Air Force, Billy Walker, he's coming. he's been out here, loves the place. Wishes we were closer to that side of town. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you, you mentioned like uh, military connection. You guys mm -hmm. give back a lot. You do a lot of charity things. And we do. Mostly, um, most of our charities are focused around um, military, first responders. We do a lot with Luke Air Force Base. We're okay. um, Fighter Country Partnership. We're members of that. We donate to them, which they're kind of the umbrella charity for Luke itself. Okay. So if a member of Luke needs something, this is the charity that helps them out. It produces um, all of their events and, and um, helps the individuals, whether it be a homecoming, a funeral, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, Fighter Country Partnership does that for Luke Air Force Base, so we try to do what we can for them. And actually, a portion of the Show Your Stripes that we have that you do not have in your little samples the here but we do ale. the honey ale yeah show your stripes get that yeah, yeah. <laughs> a portion of the proceeds to that we donate over to fighter country partnership when we can oh, we wait okay. till we get a good enough chunk and then we send it over there to them um in addition we ran a uh by a soldier by a, a military um person a beer we okay. did that for arizona beer week vastly successful yeah. and so we're taking those proceeds from that sale because everybody came in if they were 21 and older, they could purchase a beer for somebody else okay. that was in the military. Yeah. Any military can come in Just and get purchase it. purchase a beer and then... You so, can, th yeah. so then we had them pinned up all over the brewery. And when a military soul, past or present, came in, they could have a beer on somebody else. They pull yeah. it down, give them the beer, um, you know, make sure they're 21 and older, of course. Right. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> and that was hugely successful, hugely successful. So we had enough proceeds from that entire endeavor to send a World War II um, veteran with Arizona Honor Flights back to Washington to see the memorial and wow. and um, we're losing World War II veterans at what twelve hundred a day About or 1200 something because yep. wow. they're just really? they're aging they're yeah. you know they're yeah. in their nineties in some cases we I don't really know what happened to the gentleman but we have a World War II vet that lives nearby and when his grandson comes to town he brings him here okay just an awesome guy you know yeah. but I think he was one hundred and two when he came in here last wow. So, um, yeah, so we are. drinks beer. Keeps him he young, does. You know? Oh, yeah. And he drinks all he wants from us, you know. <laughs> yeah. Glad to compliment that over to him. Um, so that's what we, you know, we try to do. We do we do local Goodyear stuff, too. We try um, to do different charities that people come in if they're local, if they're in Goodyear. You know, we want to support local and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. But most of it goes over to Luke Air Force Base and first responders. If somebody comes in needing a donation because you know, fireman has passed away. And of course we're going to do all of that, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's awesome. That, that, that is, I mean, and, and that shows the, that's the craft beer community, you it know, really is. and it's, it, and I think that maybe for you guys to be able to get that passed with the city, they see it's not, you know, you're not doing tequila shots and getting crazy over here. You know, it's, it's a great place to come. Um, you treat people well, so that's awesome. Hopefully they feel that because we really yeah. do enjoy being here. We have some great people that work for us. We have some great people in this community. We have some loyal customers and we love it. We yeah. really, because I've owned a bar before and this is way different than right. owning a bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the beer. So, I mean, you guys make beer. That's kind of what you do, right? Yep. <laughs> so, so you, I know you've brewed, home brewed for almost 20 <laughs> years. So what's your, what's your approach and like, how do you guys approach the beer? 
making. My approach is fairly limited because my, you know, my taste in beers, whenever you homebrew, you tend to brew something that you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you get outside that box, you're starting to experiment with stuff that you may learn that you like, but you have to be careful on, did I make this correctly, and is this the way it's supposed to taste? Oh, uh, gotcha. Because if it is the way it's supposed to taste, then either I really like it or I'm not going to brew that again. Right. Um, whenever you come into the brewery, like, you know, within the, at the brewery level here, though, you, you may be making a lot of beers that, that other people are going to like, that mm -hmm. other people are going to be purchasing. So it's not necessarily just up to my, my tastes. I'll give you a one, one of the big for instances was the oatmeal stout when I first did it. I love oatmeal stouts, but it's not something I normally order. Okay. So it's, you know, I had to really rely on the community and the stout lovers to tell me, and they did. It's like, hey, this is a little weak, and we, we upped a lot of the roasted barley to, to really dial it in so that the stout drinkers would really enjoy it. It's, okay. it's not necessarily just about what I like. It's about, it's about what, what the, uh, the patrons like and, right. and what they want, too. Um, so we've got what you've got is you've got six of them sitting in front of you here if you want yeah. to talk about them. Yeah. Cream Ale was the one. Yeah, the I've Cream Ale is uh, <laughs> Warhawk is the first one you have. And, yeah. And, that's one that's completely Neil Hutton Howe is our brewer, and that that was his recipe. And it's it's to be honest with you, it's the first cream ale that I ever liked. Okay. Every time I had a cream ale, um, it had a pretty heavy flavor of DMS in it, dimethyl sulfide. Okay. And it's and it's kind of a vegetal. This tastes so clean. This tastes it, it is real. And I, I'm going to be honest. I was very skeptical when he said he wanted to do a cream <laughs> ale because I knew what I thought of them. Right, right. Again, it's not about what I want to drink. It's and and he want you know he he had proven himself as a great brewer already. It's like yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It's an incredible yeah. beer, and I'll take kegs of it home for my kegerator as well. It's, oh, it's, nice. it's a very good. It's beer. a really good summer beer. Speaking of you know starting to, it's the kind that you can drink while mowing the lawn. It's so you know, good. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, because I've had cream ales before where it's too creamy, like maybe like too like vanilla or. Or well, this something. the and and the cream ale the the name is a little bit of a misnomer. Cream ale being that it's a mouthfeel of kind of a creamy mouthfeel. Okay. If I were to call it a golden ale, I think probably even more people would order it. Uh -huh. And it's one of the highest sellers that we have anyway. Okay. It, it, it's a very it's a light golden style ale. It's um, easy easy drinking. And and that's what's showing uh, the limits of my my education is. Yeah. I don't get the the cream ale name you know name in it. Yeah. You, you're you're. Beer nuts would be able to tell you that a lot better than I can. Yeah. <laughs> Chasing Tail is the next one you had, the yep, Amber Ale. The now, that's Amber. one of my recipes that I've been doing for a really long time. Okay. And, and um, it is our number one seller. It's definitely that's our, the top. That's it's the... our number one seller over the bar Okay. all the time. So that's one of our flagships. We're throwing that out to um, the general public to be able to sell at restaurants and bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it does, it is, it is just an awesome Amber beer. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Just, I've had four of the six already, and every one of them is fantastic. Oh, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. I'm about to hit the 300 foot Steve. 300 foot Steve. Next. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's a pretty bold one. So the third one, Raise Gold, um, that one originated, the name originated actually from Lara's dad, Ray. Um, Ray has had for a long time a big interest in, in gold in Arizona. Treasure hunting. And, gold and not mining. necessarily, yeah, not just mining, but, you know, Buried treasure hunting, and like a like superstition that. mountain mm. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kinda. So, um, and just to kind of help him try to find his his gold, we the raised gold. One of the hops in it is Nugget Hops. Okay. So with the Nugget Hops, um, we came up with the name Raised Gold, just to kind of little tribute to Ray on that. Yeah. Give and, him a little bit of his. And my dad, I think, is treasure. a Miller Genuine Draft drinker. Okay. In nature, I mean, I think he was a Pabst Blue Ribbon guy back when I was like twelve, you know. But, right. Um, 
but he's always drink pretty light beers, you know, Bud Light and Coors Light or whatever. Yeah. Um, now all he drinks is Ray's Gold. He is an IPA guy. If we so, go out to restaurants, he has converted to an IPA guy, but only on draft. Like, he still, I think, buys... Like, if I bottled it for him or canned it for him, he'd probably have it at home. Yeah. But I think he still buys Miller. But, hey, but when he comes here, it's all he drinks. And my staff love them, and they know exactly, you know, my mom has a Warhawk and my dad has a Ray's Gold. So they see him pulling up out there. They, they have him poured ready. and ready to yeah. go, yeah. <laughs> nice. Absolutely, absolutely. So the Hop Snob, this is a new thing. The um, Well, not a new thing, but it, it's the West Coast IPAs are kind of – Right, so now now here's another limit on my on my and I love hop snob. Okay. But my limit on hoppy beers is I, I absolutely love them. I have a very big appreciation for them. I can only get about a half of one drank before I've kind of had my I start kind of getting you know dry mouth stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I I like I said I love IPAs, but the hop snob is it's hard to say because it's such a good beer. It's it's just got this really nice hop of hops in it mm-hmm. and uh that was one that was kind of a conglomerate recipe uh put together by me and jim edgens and neil um whenever you start a brewery you don't necessarily have all the hops available to you that you did as a home brewer okay and one ounces at a time when i went to chuck's what else you buy them. <laughs> yeah, right. whenever you get you them to buy the, them in big quantities right. yeah you buy them in big quantities and they're not necessarily available if you don't have contracts on them Oh, gotcha. So, so some of the the original recipes I had went through some changes because of hops we had available to us. Okay. Now, hop snob was one that was put together. Um, it's mainly mainly put together by Jim Edgens um, <laughs> with, hey, Jim, here's what we got. Yeah. I want to do a West Coast IPA. If we need another hops, that's fine. But what can we do here? And so there's five different hops in it. Um, and one of the main reasons it's got so many hops is because. If there were to be a shortage of any one of those, you could probably bump up one of the other hops and not necessarily have a change in the flavor. Oh, gotcha. Okay. It, it, it has some great hops in it, but it doesn't have anything that is a signature hop. Okay. Um, there's a few signature hops out there, Mosaic, uh, Citra, what is it, Nelson Savine. There, but there's a okay. few that are, that are like, you know that's the hops you have. Simcoe, that's one that you, everybody knows when it's Simcoe. Gotcha. But if you happen to find, find yourself not being able to get those, it's going to very heavily change. It's going to change your beer. It's going right. to make it a different beer. You won't if you be able to make it. that beer, really, right? Right. So, yeah. so with Hopsnob, it's got a lot of hops in it. It's got several varieties of hops. So if anything like that were to happen, we could, we could change up one of those hops and only the, you know, the most, the, 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 I know that someone who really knows could, what's that could, word the, 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 the connoisseur, connoisseur would really know a, if you changed yeah, the yeah but for the most part you know it, it would be a very small change in gotcha. but, and going back to I think what we were talking about when we were not on air was um, we really do try to offer a variety of beers mm-hmm. I mean we do brew 12 here um, of which seven or eight of them are consistently on tap here and hop snob is one of those that is consistently on tap a lot of people would like us to sell it outside the restaurant but the tr- truth is it's hard for us to get all those hops we didn't have contracts in the beginning and i think we do have 2018 contracts out but we could only get so much so yeah. we can't produce that yet right. in such large quantities that we can afford to not sell it over the bar here you know i yeah. don't want to run out here to sell it out and yeah. a lot of people don't understand when you're doing a production of a beer but you're a brew pub facility we have to pick and choose you know what is readily available to us right. granted all of the ingredients for our amber for chasing tail 
are pretty easy to come by. Mm -hmm. So it happens to be one of the best selling beer we have here over the bar. Yeah. So that's the one we push out to market because we can make it. Right. Um, okay. That doesn't mean we'll never sell Hop Snob out, but it doesn't mean we're going to do it anytime soon. Yeah. It is a really popular beer here. That's one of what I was talking to you about. You know, our top beer and the next three always fight uh -huh. for kind of the second and third placing. <laughs> yeah. Hop Snob, Warhawk, 5G, those are the ones that um, kind of always are fighting for top billing there so yeah and now hop snob is one it's it's the west coast ipa it was named after a friend of ours who started out <laughs> she's a total hop snob. Like, like most craft beer people start out on the very lightest of craft beers and very multi will never have a hop until you have that one that's just the right amount of hops that you like it and it intrigues you um and she literally turned into the over, it's not hop enough, not hop enough. She turned over into about hop six snob. years, she went from I like ambers, malty, I like Scottish ales, ESBs, all that kind of stuff, right. into just don't even show me that. I just want hoppy stuff. Wow. She's great, and she loves. And so when we did that, um, I when they were talking about doing a West Coast, I said, well, make it good, and Deanne likes it. We'll just name it Hop Snob after her because we yeah. just would call her a big old Hop Snob because she wouldn't drink other things. You right. Know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so and, how did and what, she what, approved? Yeah, she approved. Okay. That's the one she drinks when she comes in. Okay, now good. she also likes. We have a we have a rotational called Problem Child. It's a double IP. She also likes that one. Nice. But Hop Snob nice. is her go-to beer when she comes here. So these are all fantastic. Everything's like really clean, just like uh, to the point. Like, but they're fantastic. Oh, like, thank they you. Are solid beers. So this last one, so we already talked about the 300-foot Steve. Right. That's awesome. I love reds. I mean, you don't see reds enough, I don't think. Yeah, and this one is a, this one is a, if, if it's balanced, but it's balanced real high. It's got a lot what of malt. Are you talking about 300-foot Steve? Yeah, yeah, a lot of malt flavor, a lot of hop character. We actually have a red here, too, not just an imperial it's red. A, we have you know, a red. It's a, oh, okay. What is it, 70 IBU? 90. It's, 90, it's yeah, a, 90. It's a very hoppy beer, but it's got a lot of malt backing, too. You can get kind of some of that. That uh, that almost that raisiny prune flavor in there on the malt side of it. Okay. Uh, as far as real high caramel, and that's balanced out by that real high hops. We won a gold medal year before last at the uh, Arizona Festival. Strong Beer Festival. Nice with it. for the 300 foot Steve. Yeah. Correct. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then this last one, six four three. This is a. I should have waited to to have them so I could give my you know. That's but okay. I'm, like, I'm just drinking them. That's so right. good. So the 643, the last one, I'm actually, I haven't that, tasted that it That one yet, we're so. almost out of. Okay. Um, last year, we decided with the city of Goodyear and the Goodyear Ballpark to produce a beer for them. They uh, wanted it. And since it's the Cincinnati Reds and the, um, is it the Cleveland Indians. Indians? Cleveland yeah. Indians. I was yep. trying to think of the name Cleveland. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they are big. They like hoppy beers. Mm -hmm. um, so we talked to um, the guy that was buying for the ballpark that year and um we decided to make a session IPA. it's going to be hot out there they're going to be in the sun let's not make it too t terribly high alcohol but let's give them a nice hoppy beer yeah and so um we did and they ran a campaign where they had their uh <clears throat> customers name it so uh, we did not name 643 okay. apparently 643 is a play yep you know some sort of like somebody's on first somebody's on second they whatever the i don't know baseball yeah, like that yeah. I don't but know they what named that it too, right yeah. <laughs> but it's some sort of play yeah. and so um they named it 643 and we produced it last 2016 and then we produced it again in 2017 for them okay. and so that is where that comes from and those are our last little kegs of it before um, it runs out and then we'll produce it again for them next year it seems to go over really well 
Yeah, it's good. And so it's a session, right? It's a it's session. session. Yeah. It's probably a higher alcohol session than it's it should great, be. Great but session, IPA. <laughs> it's, it's a great, a oh, it's made with Arizona grapefruits too. Oh, we have really? local okay. people that bring us their grapefruits. And so it, the rind and some of the juices, but mostly the rinds are used um, to produce that. So it's a great. It's good fruit. balance. It's yeah. not overwhelming. Grapefruit. No, it's I, not. I wouldn't, like after you told me and I taste it and I'm paying more attention. You can, right. You can get it a but little bit. But some of that bitterness that's in there is really the grapefruit, not the hops. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Okay. Well, all beers are fantastic. I'm going to have lunch here, too, so I'm going to try. I might have to try just the regular red. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, um, we do. We make everything in-house here. Yeah. Everything is um, not. Definitely, we don't bring it in, heat it up, and serve it to you. We make it here. We brine our own pastrami and corned beef for about um, 21 days, and we smoke off the pastrami, and we um, uh, roast off the corned beef and every sauce and whatever it's all made in house here yeah. so i have a great kitchen staff that does a good job for me nice so what do you, what, what are some of the signatures that you, what you do the well definitely the, the corned beef and the pastrami are yeah. on the high selling list um and, we and have just some, to be clear on that that is not something we bring in brine it is we, we brine, brine it, it here yeah. we yeah. pickle it here yeah absolutely from from straight brisket you know straight out of the package to end of the brine and it cures for 21 to 30 days and then we and then like she said smoke off for the pastrami and then which has a lovely it's a smoked on a pecan um chip and so it's got a really lovely mild smoke taste to it yeah we find it very delicious so and you um, have a you have a smoker here we do nice okay yeah. this place just keeps getting better and better right <laughs> yeah. yeah we do a yeah, lot I, of great i want burgers. everybody to know i went through a lot of briskets figuring out that recipe right yeah <laughs> that's you hard know, work right we're definitely, that's, a, that's right. We're definitely a gastro pub we change we keep our core menu the same all the time okay. and then we have a, like a fresh sheet so we bring out so because we have so many awesome customers that come here three four times a week yeah. Well, I've been here three years, and I need new stuff, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, the same menu, it's great, but you need to have a variety and, and new things that come out so you enjoy, a, you know, oh, wow, something different we haven't had here. So right. we do have a fresh sheet that comes out about quarterly okay. so they can um, change up things and enjoy new things. And It's so, basically along the same lines of the beer. We've got a lot of signature beers, and then we've got some that we trade up. Same thing with the menu. We've got a lot of signature dishes, and then we've got some things that we trade up, too, to keep keep things fresh yeah, yeah. Neil, neil's got a smash um pilsner a single malt single hot pilsner coming out we have a um hefeweizen coming out this is i think our first half right we haven't had a half really? before wow. nice um he's done an english he's done the esb has he done it no you did an esb uh we did the esb as a whenever we were doing the homebrew class uh, class that's right we did which we'd like one to do of the last those. ones that neil's getting a lot of great feedback on is the scottish, scottish ale, ale. okay um, yeah. We, ha- we have some people who are angry it's not on. <laughs> yeah. oh, he really? did a great job. No, it was a really lovely Scottish ale, and I think it was probably one of the one of the favorites that came through that was a, a session for sure. So, and that's awesome for the staff too, like your kitchen staff to be able to mix it up a little bit. I'm sure they enjoy it. Like, they get bored yeah, yeah. doing the same burger and the same. I mean, it's great food, but you know, after a while, you're like, all right, how many of these one salads can I make? Right, you know, so. right. Challenge them. Plus, right? we plus we allow them to help us come up with new recipes, and so yeah. they get input. Nice. No. So, um, so what's next? What's next for you guys? Where Where do you want this to go from here? You know, we talk about that all the time. Um, I definitely my brain trust I call them when we come in on our Monday meetings and we talk about moving forward and outside of getting our east patio installed which now I finally got the plans back from the architect so we're moving forward with an east patio um, we talk about do we just want to open another production facility do we want to open um, a tap house someplace do we you know what do we want to do and where do we want to do it 
So it's a great question that I don't have a great answer for you because it's still, there's so many possibilities. You know, we lean towards knowing production facilities, whereas they are great and have potential, they struggle a little bit. You know, if yeah. you can brew, you have the capability of brewing a 4,000 barrel year, but you can only sell a thousand barrels, you're struggling. Yeah. But if I bring customers to me with food, with entertainment, you know, I can sell it over the bar so much. And it's the highest profit margin too, is to sell it over your own bar okay. versus selling a keg out the door. Right. Um, yeah, and that question's changed over time because back in 2011, as we were bringing up this concept, if you would asked that, it would be, hey, production brewery, there was 1,200 breweries in the country. Now there's over 4,000. So well, I think there's over five so now. The, yeah, wow. so the... the yeah huge explosion the, yeah right? so the market's pretty the market's pretty saturated with volume um so that's a that's an ongoing question that you continue to ask yourself we're very happy with our growth right now we're, we're keeping up with it and we're keeping within what we can afford actually yeah um i think it is well i won't say the name there is a brewery it's a national brewery that is having a lot of trouble because they did a very big expansion, but sales is not hitting the expansion. Uh, sales is not. What so it that's means something to. that you know you want to be careful of, especially with the way the market is changing right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and and for outside sales, for kind of the production sales part of it, we're competing with a lot of great Arizona breweries mm -hmm. just for tap handles within the valley. Oh, you gotcha. know, there's yeah. a, there's a lot of great beer out there, um, so we compete with that, and a lot of these craft beer centric places do rotation taps so you might be on one month and you don't see them again for eight or nine months because they have so many other beers they want to get through their systems yeah. you know so um it's difficult but then you can get you know we have a great amber the amber the chasing tail amber ale is delicious and so i think it's definitely something that could go to market at your maybe not so craft centric bars you know yeah. that place where you're just going to go have good mexican food or good chinese food or you know those places where you don't need to be craft centric right. to enjoy a craft beer. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. a lot of people are scared off. They think the word crafts, I swear, they think it means hoppy. Right. It, I think that's is. what they it mentally is. think when they are yeah. not craft beer people and they look at you and they're like, well, I had it. Well, they probably had an IPA or a <laughs> right. pale ale and they're like, who wants to drink that? They always you say, know? I don't like dark beers. I don't like, like dark beers. Right. And it's well, like, like, but you know. Like one of them. But Dark, I think yeah. that the hop snob was probably the lightest in color beer because they, right. they, they misunderstand light and dark yeah. and what the beer. We had a black um, a black lager here. Mm -hmm. Nice. I like the oh black my lagers. gosh. Yeah. Dark as a as a um, porter or dark as a stout was the lightest drinkable, mild flavor, glorious, slightly toasted. It was great yeah. but you look at it and you're like i'm not drinking that right right that you know coffee yeah exactly yeah. but the moment and i got a lot of people who would come in and i'm like i'm gonna bring you the warhawk because you're a bud light drinker of course like you know i'm gonna bring you the warhawk i'm gonna bring you the 5g pool because it's kind of blue moony mm -hmm. and they know these names because of course around yeah and i'm gonna bring you this dark as hell beer yeah just try it yeah. just don't i close your eyes and don't look at it just try <laughs> right. it and more often than not, that's the one they would buy. Wow. And I was, but it was so good. It yeah. just looked like it was heavy and thick and, oh, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it really was, and it was delicious. Neil had done a great job. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right, before we wrap up, we have a, a guest here. Luis, do you want to say Louis. hi? This is uh, Luis. So I worked with Luis for, uh, we worked together at, uh, at uh, University of Phoenix, we did. and yeah. then we worked at uh, with the Cardinals, Arizona, yeah, Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he is now a beer ambassador. 
is. What does uh, what does that entail, Luis? Well, it's beer ambassador, brand ambassador, um, promote the brand. Okay. Uh, get out and sell the beer. The, the two that we he takes sell. care of Rosie. And yeah. I do. <laughs> I, uh, you, I don't know if you saw Rosie, my mobile office out there. No, I did not. Oh, you have to take a that's, look. That's Rosie. We'll give you a tour of it. Okay, yeah, nice. Of her. Uh, of her. <laughs> yes, and, and Jacob and I are, are I very surprised fond. him with a little added backdrop to his yeah. driving. Yeah, nice. You'll, you'll see when we show you. I'll show you. <laughs> yeah. Put a picture on your blog. But, uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's what I do is I, I go around and promote the beer and get to uh, work with these wonderful people and uh, listen to their stories. That's why I came in today, because I, I love listening to their stories of how they got started and everything. So yeah, and, uh, the beer is great. You know, I, I wasn't a huge promoter of amber beer until I tried like a Chasing Tail, and I was like, wow, this is a really good amber beer. Right. So, so now it's easy to sell for me. and Because uh, he really does like it. He actually yeah. really drinks do. it when he's not drinking. Right. You know, it's like he right. chooses to drink it. 300 plus C was definitely my favorite. That's when your I favorite? First, when you guys oh, first opened. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, That's I was our like, wow. That's our secondary. Um, yeah, the second beer we sell. The second beer we sell out. Okay. But uh, yeah, either that one or the, the Chasing Taylor are my go-to beers. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to sell and go out and sell those beers. But yeah, that's what I do. That's uh, I get to go to events. Yeah, so. I see you on Instagram all the time. I'm like, Luis is living my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. Life. yeah, yeah. No, I get a lot of that from friends and family. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? It's like dream job. I'm like, oh yeah. That's yeah. Like, they, they pay me for and your this. Your boss is really awesome. <laughs> she is. Yeah, well, both of them are. So yeah, everybody is. Oh so, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great gig, and everybody I work with is awesome. So uh, we really do have a phenomenal staff here. I have some King Louie um, Memo, who's my GM. I have Neil, who's the head brewer, lead brewer. Um, just everybody that comes in and works really i truly believe love working here and they believe in it yeah it's not just a job for our key employees it is not just a job kelsey the chef in the kitchen she you know works really hard at what she does she has a great team that she's got back there um neil finally got us you know we're growing enough that i have two brewers back here now so neil's got an apprentice brewer back nice. here with him um, poor little Sellerman has to do all the grunt work, but I think he loves it. I <laughs> yeah, think he, he loves the great he's grunt work. Definitely a good time. You know, yeah. um, my GM's been with me with me since before we opened. Okay. So the longevity of my employees. I have so many employees that still work here who I hired prior to opening our doors, and they're yeah. still here. Nice. You know, so yeah. it really does say a lot about um, the staff and and everybody comes together for a common goal, which is to make this place better. And we really do try. I mean. We're still a mom and pop place, but yeah, it's 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 getting there. It really yeah. is getting there, and I, I appreciate all of them very very much. And I could not do it without them for sure. Yeah. Well, it starts with you guys too. You guys are awesome, and like that just trickles down. You know. It does. Yeah. It really yeah. does. So uh, okay. So where can people find you? Like, uh, I mean, obviously, if get on your phone, Google Maps. Sure. Like yeah. Mount yeah. <laughs> but, Out here in Goodyear. In I think Goodyear. are we we are currently the furthest west brewery in the valley oh gotcha i don't okay. think there's yeah. another one west of us so we are you know but we're right off interstate 10 so it's yeah. not hard if you're going to california jump off on estrella parkway <laughs> yeah. we are one street <laughs> south of the freeway yeah. um you know you could definitely follow us on social media on facebook mm -hmm. on um instagram um twitter our website is you know saddlemountainbrewing.com um pretty much you know, come out and see us. It, yeah. You guys won't be disappointed. I'm embarrassed it took me so long to get here, to be honest. Yeah, with shame you. on you. I know. Yeah, I'm embarrassed <laughs> for you, Eric. Uh, we, you know, we, on a side note, I, I do think the West Valley has a bad rap for beer. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we, it's you like know. the resurgence of, like, 
with you Because there's not very many. I mean, there's no. all of us up north. You know, what are there, seven or eight breweries now? We have Richter now. I guess they're considered West Valley. Yeah, Peoria um, Artisan. Dubina, Peoria Artisan. Freaking 8-Bit. You know, we're all West Valley beers. We produce some great beer. Yeah. Don't discount it just because we're not in downtown Phoenix, you know. Right. Um, and it's not that far. Like that's what it's really like, not. Oh, I, I am twenty minutes from the <laughs> right. from the airport. Yeah, you know yeah. it's not that far. No, um, and our parking is way good comparatively. You get to some of these breweries right. and you're like, oh my god, I can't park to get in there. <laughs> it's not their fault. It's just where they're located. Yeah. you know they have a lot of walking traffic. Good for them. I would love to have some of that. We don't. Yeah, as we are, you know, not close to a whole lot of things. But, um, but come out and give us a try. You will not be disappointed in the beer. You really won't. Neil does a great job. It's super clean. It's it's it's, it's great. good stuff. Yeah. It is great. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. You're so it. welcome. We appreciate you coming out. Yep. Thanks for listening to another episode. Uh, if you guys uh, don't know just yet, uh, I'm going to start releasing episodes every Monday. So stay tuned. Next Monday, we're going to hit up a brewery. It's freaking great in Peoria who makes some freaking great beers. Little hints for you there. <laughs> but uh, always remember, stay awesome. <laughs>